Welcome to Beer Field. I am your host, Chris Hopper, at Hot BFF with two Ps, joined by my esteemed co-host, Ryan Miner, and my other co-host, Dan Thurry. At Ryan Miner underscore FFP, at Beerfield Thurry. Gentlemen, I use that term loosely for one of you. What's up? I prefer co-co-host. I can't be the co-host. Dan, co- Dan is co- always a co-host, or you're the co-host. Depending who's running it, I'm always Coco, no matter what it is. Coco? Yeah, Jesus, like Coco Melon, you gonna break out into song for me, or I might. I, like, I mean, give a few, uh, give a few more beers to me by the end of the night. I might give me a few more beers. I've only I, had three today, so I really I'm, like jars. I really like uh, jars and the red. If you can hit those, those are Chevelle songs. You're welcome. Oh, I know they're Chevelle. You're I, I, know they're, I know they're Chevelle songs. That's, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's not an insult. Um, we love Chevelle here. More dynasty, we do more dynasty content. Um, we're gonna get into some uh trades, trade away slash acquire, um, buys, sells to some of you trying to break that nomenclature, but it's hard sometimes. Um, so trade slash acquires mostly trade, trade aways, but you know, I, I got an even mix. We're gonna do it the same way we did last year. We're gonna talk through news and then throw 45 minutes to an hour on the clock and just go round robin. So Dan had, a look. Dan had a look when I said that. You weren't expecting something else, were you, Dan? No. Okay. I I, I saw it in your eyes. I was curious. Um, <laughs> as always, um, our trade-aways will be presented by the FF Faceoff because you can get mad at those guys if you're a player that's listening and mad because we told you to trade them. So, well, get mad at me specifically, too, because I'm one that always writes for them all the time. That's true. Ryan is writing for them. Uh, Dan and I can. <laughs> Should we so decide to? Yeah. I still plan. On I'll be your pink that. cushion. Nah, I still plan on doing that. Um, and oh no, this is a real bumbly intro. Let's just get into the show. It's not flowing well at all. We need to change that. But should we just say good evening or good morning? However, people listen to this now. Good, whatever time of day it is. Yes. Good afternoon. Uh, yeah. Good day to anyone. Listening. Good something. Uh, you all go because I gotta Google my beer. Wait a minute. Were there drops? Oh, you guys can't hear. I'm getting. We didn't hear you. I no, was like, I'm like wait a second. Do I feel re- like I'm missing something. Do you really want to hear the the drop? No, I'm good. I'm just. I'm just. You just want the drops? Yeah. Give me the drops. The dropsies. Forgot to share that. There you go. If you're on YouTube, it's no secret we're using Zoom because you saw all the meetings and the head header says Zoom. Anyway, one of y'all go. All right, I am drinking uh, Hasty Brewing Company, the Red Hasty. Lager. Hasty or Hasty? Uh, KC, Kansas Hasty. City Brewing. Uh, KC Craft Brewers. Uh, KC, Kansas City Craft Brewers. This is a uh, this is a brewery out of KC. If if it didn't. Uh, you know, shock you enough. Again, this is their red lager. More on that later. All right. Uh, I am drinking what I believe to be the Cedar Hill Stout, which is a milk stout brewed with lactose um, to add subtle sweetness and balance rich coffee and dark chocolate flavors. Uh, this is in a pack of beers I got from my homebrew club, and it just says CH Stout. I had no idea if CH meant chocolate, if it meant something else. So there we go. I figured it out. It means Cedar Hill Stout, 5.1%. Um, life for is out of a small town called Redbud, Illinois. More on the beer later. 
And I am drinking Hold on. Oak Brewing. Oh, sorry. I wasn't done. This is the, I heard a pause. Well, you did, and then I forgot and I realized I forgot to say something. We got to get in sync here, boys. Um, this is the uh, first in the Hopper Cleans Out His Beer Fridge series. So where I'm just grabbing random shit out of my beer fridge. Who knows if it's been on the show before or not? Who knows what we're going to have? I was out of room. Now you can go, Ryan. No, I can go. All right, I am drinking Roke Brewing. Batito Milkshake Style IPA, which is uh, Roke Brewing is a Royal Oak. Uh, it's a brewing company out of Royal Oak, Michigan here. So it's right down the road for me. And I got their, uh, like I said, Batito Style Milkshake Style IPA, which comes in at 6.7%. Yeah. It was an interesting can. I couldn't wait. To, I, I I liked it. I was like, oh, this looks like a fun can. So I'm going to try it. Milkshake IPA, you said? Yeah. You want to go over the adjuncts in that again? What's in it? Clearly, I was listening to you intently. Batito. It's called Batito. B-A-T-I-D-O. Right. It but... is Spanish for milkshake. Okay, but what? it's a milkshake IPA. What's in it? Is it just lactose or did it, is it fruited? What's going on? Yeah, brewed with lactose. Yep. Okay. Ale so brewed with lactose. Just lactose. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes there's fruit additions in milkshake IPAs. So, well, I mean, there's more about. It. I can read about it, but I can always tell that at the halfway point. It says ale. News. <laughs> Woof. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Oh, boy. The Dolphins fired uh, defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. Uh, Good offense. Defense was middle of the road. Vic Fangio and Sean Desai, both uh, former Bears offensive or defensive coordinators, interviewed for uh, that job. So, I don't know. Interesting tidbit for me because I saw the last two Bears DCs, Desai being a Fangio disciple, um, interview for that. So, interesting. Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, and Chiefs all advanced to conference championship weekend. Uh, thoughts on the games? Thoughts on the Cowboys having the worst play in NFL history at the end? What happened to the Bills? 27 to 10? It's almost like... You're surprised? I mean, you know... Cincinnati's playing with a lot on... of swag right now. They're feeling... Yeah. They're feeling good. They look good, play good. They are feeling good. I mean, no we dunked around on, Burgundy Boner. We dunked on the Vikings. We dunked on the Chargers for their disappointments in the we playoffs. On the Bills, should we? I mean, the Bills. I feel like have gotten a pass. Josh Allen again. Again, it's it's very clear that the Bills need a number two, uh, playmaker in that team. Um, they, they don't have one. They don't. They have it a shows. bunch of threes. Maybe Shakir. Could be, we're all big fans of Shakir here, but Gabe this shows. I, I I speak. No, again. Gabe David. He, he's he got shut down two. by Eli Apple. So. <laughs> hey, he scored a touchdown. He shows up in the playoffs. He does, but he didn't score four though. No, they no. needed him to. I, you know, the Bills, and it's been a problem for a couple of years now. They really need to invest something in the running game, so that. And Singletary's been fine, and he's come along nicely. And Cook showed some flashes, but you really need somebody that you can rely on that can can break one. You're going to need, I mean, Mixon, you look at the teams that 
are left, right? The Chiefs have figured out how to get that out of McKinnon and, and Pacheco. The Eagles have been getting that out of Miles Sanders all year. The 49ers have multiple backs that can break them and make plays. And the Bengals and and Mixon, he just is such a good fit for the offense and is super involved. And the Bills still have this thing where running backs just disappear from time to time. And, I, you know, it's kind of like the Chargers, who we'll get to in a minute, but completely going away from Eckler, you know, the Bills, one, they don't have a back that's Eckler's caliber, but they just kind of play that way. And I, I agree, they need another playmaker. Um, they could certainly use another a wide receiver to take that next step. But, you know, I think once again, the failure is just the running game because when the passing game is not working, you don't have anything else to lean on. They can get in these habits where they're too one dimensional and Josh Allen can't do can't do everything. I mean, it's almost like they're in KC's the same way. Both these teams like to play more like to play more pass heavy. Obviously, you know, both these quarterbacks have a lot of similarities in terms of what they can do when they're playing at their at their best. And they Josh Allen plays out of hero ball. And why do you quarterbacks play hero ball? It's because they don't trust their playmakers to be able to make plays. Diggs had 10 targets. Dawson Knox at seven. You know, Diggs, you know, Davis, your number two receiver at four targets. Cole Beasley at four. Like you're not getting like I may duck on Gabe more. Davis all year, but it, it, it's you know you gotta give him more. Glacier Curry got two. Devin Singletary yeah, had eight fucking targets. And I get it, it's the snow. The Bengals had no problem moving the football. Yeah, I was just saying, if, if you're playing on half. the snow, if you're playing on the snow, then then what do you call Cincinnati and Joe Burrow? I'm getting tired of people saying, "Oh, well, it it's was not snow. the snow." The Bills are no. designed. The Bills should be built for that. That should be the biggest one of the biggest advantages they have is playing in that. Yeah, it's like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You know, it's it's the advantage mm-hmm. that Packers. And have. it's not like Joe Burrow had a fantastic day. He had a no. really good first half, and then the Bills figured it out and shut him down in the second half. Like yeah, they, but they were already ahead anyways. I mean, it was already 17-10. But or, still, I mean, 17-7. yeah. I mean, it was the Bills' offense that couldn't produce any points. Yeah. And it, it and it, it just, it's it's funny how this team continues to get into team. I mean, by Buffalo, I feel like it's passes on this when they go through their struggles. And, um, you know, it, it gets overlooked because it's 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 a team that everyone wants to root for, and and it's just I I, I wanted to bring it up as someone who had their team shredded all season long, and and deservedly so, deservedly the, so. Your team, the Vikings were frauds, but oh yeah, they were you know, frauds that an easy beat to be, Buffalo, yeah, and that just no, that just figured out how to close games. But you know, you can't win a a playoff game when you give up, you know, 500 total yards. So nope. <laughs> I kind of hard to do that. I, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that Buffalo got a little bit of their deal because, you know, 10 points at home in, in, in an extremely important game. Because I mean, they got outplayed and outcoached. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, a few of these other games where something inexplicable just happened. I mean, some, somebody's got to lose football games, right? And it doesn't always have to be a dunk on them or, or shit on them type of scenario. The Chargers deserved it because they blew a giant lead. Yeah, I, yeah, the, I know. The uh, Cowboys deserve it because they're the Cowboys and their fans are the most <laughs> annoying in the NFL. Oh, and, and, they, um, and they do a lineup that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Yeah, that was... They expected the Niners not to rush, but when you see... You know when the Niners saw how they were lining up, they were sending somebody. Yeah, like if you put Zeke at center, it's like, okay... We'll just put three men on the line here. And I kind of get where they were going for it. They were trying to add an extra playmaker out there. I get they it. They were trying but... to set up with the lateral. Why are you having Zeke 
Snap it. it again, that, that part makes zero sense. Yeah, to me, watching though. him get blown up was hilarious. <laughs> it was, that was great. hilarious. Yeah. Zeke's like, uh, I'm so glad I'm out of here in like two years. <laughs> right. Or, or maybe one year. Well, he, he might be out now. They're, they're already mm-hmm. talking about cutting him, and he's talking about taking a pay cut pay deal. Cut he wants to restructure. Yeah, he wants he'll, to stay in Dallas. Yeah, he'll restructure. So, yeah. Um, Who do you guys got to win real quickly before we jump into more news? I would Kansas not. City. I would not want to play the Bengals right now. I'm on I'm on the Cincinnati side of this. They are playing with so much energy, so much confidence. Everything's clicking. They're playing with with a chip on their shoulder after the shit the NFL pulled. And I'm not even going to base this one in statistics. This is just a field play. I would not want to play the Bengals right now with the way that they're rolling and the energy that is around that team and the chip that they have on their shoulder with the whole coin flip scenario and selling neutral site tickets, counting them out type of thing. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, that one made no sense that, at all to me. I, I could never figure that one out because it's like, if Kansas city is a number one seed, it should be no matter what it goes through Kansas city. It shouldn't go through a neutral site or anything like that. Right. It should have included was. Cincinnati. This game no. should be played in a neutral site. It no, should, this game should be played neutral. If, if, if you're the number one team, you get the home field advantage. They could have gotten the number one seed. We don't know how Monday. We don't know how that Monday night game would have played out. And that's my my problem, which is the same problem Cincinnati had with this: is why weren't they included? And I get it by yeah. the winning percentages. I understand that it was again, it's a fucked up situation that didn't have a whole lot of you know good avenues to go with. Cincinnati should have also been a part of that. Speaking of the game, do you guys see like all like the conspiracy theories going around about Demar Hamlin? I don't. I I'm not even giving I'm that. Not even going to give it airtime. We're not, not talking no, about it's it. It's so hilarious. I just laugh not at talking it. about it. I I I do. I'm very interested with, with all the Lions move. So it opened up it, as uh, as the Bengals one and a half point favorites, and as of today, most sites have KC minus one, which is all based on the health of Mahomes. It's because that video came out of Mahomes doing stretches, and he was able to go on left and right foot. And... The dude's—he's going to be hopped up on on something that's going to get him through this game. There's no one recovers yeah, on a short nobody. week from a high from ankle a high sprain. Ankle sprain which yeah, is I mean, he played, a, two to six he played a whole injury. second half. He played a whole second half on it. And Jacksonville's done for never fucking blitzing. The Bengals win this game. You blitz sixty percent of the time. If they could have gotten pressure they on Mahomes, a couple times, but he still was able to get out of it. He was hobbling he was on one. Playing he was on adrenaline too. That shit don't swell up for a little bit. You blitz Mahomes this game. Yeah. I, I, if if Cincinnati loses and we find out that, that the defense never got home because they never blitzed, Mahomes is hobbled. I don't. He's not one hundred percent. The other thing he's not going to run a lot since he's got really got some pretty good yeah. safeties and I uh, yeah I, I I don't know this matches up well. Dan, it's who, gonna be a fun who, game. I hope. I, I I'm saw. looking for. I want a good game. That's all I want. I'm taking both home teams. And it's not yes. because I don't believe in Sensi. It's it's Mahomes is 0 and 3 against Burrow. And it just it, it just feels right. Like this like feels like Brady a game was. where we're just gonna get it's it's gonna be I'm hoping it's a magical game. I hope it's not like the Baltimore game. You know, <laughs> but I it's I can't wait for the Brock Purdy at the end the end with you know with the Niners staying and all that, you know, I won't say, you know, fiasco, but the fact that he's should you know, he's up there for rookie of the year. Just I'm done with it. I'm like I like Brock Purdy, but for for fuck's sake, like Philly's it, like it, it won't shock me if the Bengals win. I think the Eagles do beat the Niners. So 
I think the Niners have a chance, but I'm also well, they have a chance I, for sure. I I also picked them to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Oh, like, did you? Back in the preseason, oh, I wish geez. I would have gambled on it now. Eagles are the better all around team. I got the Eagles in that one. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Close. That line, Eagles two and a half points was a little shocking that the home team couldn't even get three points. A little, res- if well, I'm the Eagles, that's, that, that's a little, matters. little disrespect there to if you're the. But Eagles. yeah, the too. The the home team always gets like a three point no matter what. So you basically you're looking at if this game 49, was in forty nine ers by one and a half. If this game was in, yeah, if this was in in in. San Francisco Diners would be probably four and a half, five point favorites. I said they'd be one and a half point favorites. Well, I mean, it's 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 only two and a half for Philly at home, right? So I give them one and a half for San Francisco if it was for them at home. Neutral if it was a neutral site game. Neutral site, I think it'd be it'd be a pick 'em. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is basically what both these games are, and essentially is a pick 'em type game because you look at the home team, you look at the spread, it's. It's truly a pick'em game. Anyways, anyway, I figure we just hit on those. Indeed, uh, Adam Schefter reports the Packers will not trade Aaron Rodgers to an NFC team should they decide to move him. Uh, so, do they move him? Where does he go? I mean, the Jets, right? The Jets. The Jets just signed. We're going to fulfill. We're going to fulfill the Brett Favre what, what prophecy. The, what yes. the Broncos wanted to happen. Twenty twenty four. Aaron Rodgers will be in Minnesota. The- Dick picks bending out now. God, <laughs> with Jen Sturger. I've got Ravens or not Ravens. Sorry, not the Ravens. No, no I won't. I mean, no not Raiders. I've got the Raiders. I can see him. I can see him going back to for Darren Devonta. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what type of draft picks. I I, I do see the Jets pulling this move because of where their team is at. That defense is so good. good and they've got the picks and they've got the skill players. I saw a joke that someone put out. It said it said Elijah Mitchell's or uh, Elijah Moore is going to be a part of the deal for Aaron Rodgers, so so he continues to play with below average quarterback. <laughs> and, and bitches about it. I want the trade to happen so so Mike Lafer can get can can get Alice as a fraud too. I don't Jordan love time. Matt Lafleur. Yeah, Matt Lafleur. Mike, whatever. Mike was his brother, right? Yeah, also a fraud. Yeah, also a fraud. Yeah, I think they're both frauds. So. So I got you guys are both on Jets. Yeah. I can't take the Raiders thing. I'm going Raiders. I can see it though. I can too. I'm well, interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, especially if like Derek Carr goes to the Jets. Then you can see the Raiders pushing more <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers. I want to know where I think he's going to Indy. That that, that like feels yeah, like Carr, such an Indy Carr is the next quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, or the Panthers. Or, or Washington. Yeah. Or the Panthers because they just brought in Frank Reich, who likes his recycled quarterbacks. Oh man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great when you go to like Atlanta or some fucking team. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Tampa Bay. I mean, I think Brady's going back to New England. I just, I, don't, I, I think I don't this, think this is one last ride. I think him and Belichick are going to ride out. What do they do with Mac Jones? Then they throwing Jones on the firmly on the bench again. I, I, I don't not know. Again. Are they throwing him firmly on the bench or probably? I have no. Do they clue. try to move well, him. They can move him. I I, I don't know. I, I why I, didn't I just... Tom Brady just take his commentator and just move on? Ooh, there you just go. Be... Mac Mac Jones is gonna go play for McDaniel's in Vegas, and Brady's gonna go back to the Patriots, <laughs> and Carr's gonna go to the Raiders. It's to be a three way trade. Rodgers is getting oh, traded man. to the Jets. 
Well, Brady's pretty much a free agent now. All of his contract are void years. He just he gets mm-hmm. to decide where he wants to go next, effectively. And I guess if there's teams that want to actually explore that option, watch him go to Miami instead. I mean, that almost happened, right? With Sean Payton. Sean, oh, hear, speaking of Sean Payton, did you hear that he's probably not going to coach now? He's yeah. going to go with the TV deal instead. He was worried about um, one of the members of the Denver ownership group and there being a power struggle. Which is why it's a bad idea to have your owners involved in football operations. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And, Jerry Jones, uh, take note. You know, like maybe Condoleezza Rice shouldn't be involved in picking the head coach <laughs> <laughs> or the Waltons or whatever. I mean, yeah, that if that's what ends up costing them Sean Payton, then they're oof. Sorry, Denver fans. But yeah, there's sounds like he's going to go back to the booth. Which was always a real possibility anyway, given that you would have had to trade for him and what the Saints' alleged asking price was. So dumb, I know. Denver was the only team it really made sense for and potentially Arizona. Arizona does still have an interview with him. I guess we'll see. Uh, Patriots hired Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. So first off, good news is he won't have any say over trades or anything like that. Well, good news is the uh, Patriots now have an offensive coordinator, right? Uh, <laughs> and one that's had success in this, you yeah. know, on this team, you know. Right. From I mean, former... Matt Patricia was a disaster from the Lions, and then he goes back. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, also, he was the Alabama offensive coordinator. Um, Mac Jones actually taught him the Alabama offense. So, <laughs> watching Dan make edits to the Google Doc. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I was so happy about the next so, piece of news. So, yeah, Bill O'Brien back at the NFL level. That's that's fine for the Patriots and the type of offense that they want to run. He did it the last time McDaniel's jetted for a couple of years, um, and it was totally fine. Uh, you know, he runs the type of offense Belichick wants to run. It'll fit. Mac Jones, they are familiar with each other. It's it's fine. It's uninspiring, but it's fine. They always come back to Belichick. I don't know what they're going to do when he retires. I have no idea. Shit their pants? Yep. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what can they do? Vikings fired defensive coordinator Ed Donatel after getting shredded the entire season by literally everyone and making Daniel Jones look like a bajillion-dollar quarterback and... You have the 33rd ranked defense in the NFL. How is that possible? Well, there's only 32 teams. I thought they were 33rd ranked. There's, 35th ranked. there's an XFL and a USFL team out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama was ranked up in there as a better defense oh, than them. That's how bad their defense was. Georgia's defense was up there, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And they got, what, Sean Diossi? Sean Desai. Uh, all right, yeah, excuse me, Sean Desai and Brian Flores. I think there's both, one more that that also is supposed to interview with them. Really good options. Desai what had the Bears defense the last year under Nagy where they completely overachieved for what they should have been. So yeah. The Vikings don't have like any real long term like I like you know, some of the players that are, you know, that were able to step up. This is not a desirable defense to coach. So there is no long term piece here as of right oh, now. Part of the reason it was so bad is that, yeah, they, it's not. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Old, like they need help in all three levels. Um, it, It's going to be, uh, I don't think they're going to get a, a big name. It's going to have to be. 
probably someone either from the coaching staff or they'll get some, you know, their third or fourth option. But that is not going to be a fun defense for the next, you know, two or three, four years. It's just wolf bad. Right. You're just hoping for incremental improvements with, you know, I'm just hoping our draft picks can stay healthy. Offense. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hope you get to see, you know, Lewis signed and um, the, the Clemson defensive backs stay healthy. I'm fucking just forgetting every fucking name today. It happens. We all have our days. We do. Well, this is every day. This is most days. This is most yeah. days. For no, me. that's what I'm saying. We all. I meet too many. Day. I just meet too much people. I just meet too many people in my line of work. Sales. Yeah, it's stupid. O- outside of this, we have so much like other things going on. It's ridiculous, and it's like trying to like come back and like regroup back into our like fancy football minds. It's like, oh my god, what the hell did I miss? You yeah, know? especially after as long as taking like a week off and then coming back and then having a week yeah. and a half in between shows. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm getting, like I'm getting prepared for our show and I'm like, Oh man, I got, uh, here's my notepad, I got my pen. And then that's as far as it went. It sat there. Cause I had other things to do. Nice. <laughs> Ryan was, learning to come underprepared. It's pretty I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was rushing through it last night. I said, um, screw it. I, I'm just doing impromptu. That's totally fine. Uh, Vikings fired Ed Donatel. Yes. Yep. Ravens fired Greg Roman. About time that yep. was awful. It becomes stale. It's just he's great for these like wherever like where wherever Anthony Richardson goes, that's where Greg Roman should go. Like yeah. watch whoever brings in Greg Roman, whether it be in the OC spot or in a you know QB, QB or something. Yeah, whatever. It, it's he's great for these raw players, right? If Trey Lance gets traded, like wherever he moves to, it's just Hell, even if they go doesn't progress, pull them on staff with the 49ers to help assist, too. Yeah, like an assistant head coach role with Shanahan or something like that to help to help out with that. But that's what Greg Roman's good at. He can help mobile quarterbacks transition to the NFL. But when it becomes stale, you got to move on, you got to get someone in. And we've talked about this at length that Lamar's development, you know, great year one, and then you know, showed some progress in year two and then the development stagnated and the offense stagnated and you needed to bring somebody in that fit more of what Lamar had become instead of what he started out as. I say also when you like trade away Marquise Brown, that kind of like screws you at the online law because you get no wide receiver at that well, point. Well, they had opportunities to have wide receivers. They just didn't take them. I mean, who they wants to care I mean, about the really position? play there too? Yeah, it's, 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 it, 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 it's like Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. Like no wide receiver wants to play in an offense that makes you block as much as they do and doesn't force feet and, and doesn't get your best guys the ball. Right. Like it's it's all based for the running game, and you happen to have a mobile quarterback that can do the same. Right. So you can't attract anybody because they're hurting their future income by going there. So you're going to get all these guys that are either rookies or last chancers. They really should have moved off from him after he won the 19 MVP. Like that—that that was never going to happen because he's coming off an MVP season. But yeah, Roman should have been gone after that. And right now, it's time to really progress Samar. Excited to see what they do. Uh, the Bucks fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, which was kind of surprising to me. I mean, they had to do something, but scapegoat. scapegoat. Yeah, definitely scapegoat. That's exactly what he was—was was a scapegoat. So, um. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I think Jim Bob Cooter was interviewing there, keeping tabs on Jim Bob. Elite name. And elite name. Lions great. 
Bucks fire or uh, good lord, I'm bad at reading. Seattle signed kicker Jason Myers to a 2.1 million dollar contract extension for next year. Ooh, kicker news. Love kicker news. Pittsburgh is going to retain Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator for 2023 because they just That's never fire idea. anybody, even if it is not a good idea to keep them. I mean, maybe they want to keep consistency with Pickett. That's the only silver lining with this is that maybe this is you know better for Pickett's development. I, I, I can't find other silver. Like, it's so dumb. It's so stagnant. But we've seen we see these quarterbacks that that, that can't get you know comfortable with an offense because they're losing a because they're learning a fucking new one every and year. Just switching coordinators, yeah, and that offense yeah. is so stagnant. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I don't know what the answer is for them to make Matt Canada's offense work. Najee Harris is running three point three yards of carry, and Deontay Johnson's running eight yard slants at a bajillion targets and no productivity to show for it, and. It's such a it's no such touchdown. a basic offense. Like Pickens, Pickens runs one. like three fucking routes. Yeah, he gets, he's good. Targets, obviously, yeah. a of them deep for sixty yards and a touchdown on a good day. Oh man, it's bad. Uh, Titans hired 49ers director of player personnel Rand Carthen as GM. 49ers will receive two compensatory draft picks for their hire at the end of the third round, thanks to the new rules that were implemented in the 2020 season as a result of the Rooney Rule investigation. Ooh. So, um, 49ers, actually, I went back and looked at it, unintentionally, kind of, and uh, they've actually been really, really good at getting those compensatory draft picks for having minorities blocked out of their front office and coaching staff. Like they're like they got two for McDaniel going to the Dolphins. Um, they're gonna get two for this. So they're they're developing people, getting them plucked away, and reaping the draft pick benefits of it. Did they get two for Robert Solid too. They got two for Salah as well. Yeah, I mean, That's crazy. It's, it's great. It, it it speaks volumes again. Just it's 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 what you want to see, and hopefully that can continue to be the future. And, and you start to see minorities get a lot more chances in these type of roles, whether it be the GM or the head coach. Yeah, they are getting four compensatory picks in twenty twenty three. Projected maximum you can get five. So good teams say good. So, yeah, I mean, good on them because I didn't realize that that had kicked in, but I also didn't realize how much the 49ers were take, you know, uh being rewarded for that. Sons they don't take running backs as those draft picks are gonna do pretty well. Yep. Well yeah, they're or they trade <laughs> just, up. Maybe they trade just up avoid day two running back picks. That that's all. Just avoid day two running back picks. Yep. Uh Steelers extended Anthony Miller for a year uh, after getting nothing out of him this year because he was injured. Chargers Matt Canada. Yeah. Right. Chargers fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, which they had to scapegoat. <laughs> right. God. Whoa, man. Brandon Staley's got he's on the hot seat, man. That team's gotta be Yeah, because he's not only make the playoffs, but they're gonna they're have gonna to win a, a game. Yeah. Run Otherwise next he year. is next, I think. But you get you gotta hope too that the OC that comes in can take better advantage and make better utilization out of Justin Herbert's freaking cannon of an arm. Um, but also know when you shouldn't get rid of the run entirely for just everything above the middle calling. shit. So in game, game and in game management. management, my God, Staley fucking God awful. 
Yeah. So, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Jets offensive coordinator. We talked about this a few minutes ago. But Here comes Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> better Another Broncos. Trying to lure Rodgers. Otherwise, you're with uh, Blake Wilson. Blake, Blake Wilson. Blake Zach Bortles. Wilson. Zach Bortles. Going to be Zach, Mike, Blake, White Bortles. Wilson. <laughs> White Bortles. It took me way too long. I'm like, wait, Bortles is white. It took me way too long. Woofta. Way too long. Panthers, uh, yeah, we're going to gloss over that. Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Rodgers made Hackett look good, not the other way around. And he's going to Adam Gase the shit out of this for a little while. Yep. That's that's all I got. Yep. Yep. Panthers hired Frank Reich. Uh, Steve Wilkes now intends to coach elsewhere. Do you blame him? No. Second time that guy's gotten fucked over. I wonder where he's in. What is his background? Is he a DC? Is he a defensive guy? Pretty sure it's defense. Let's get on the Minnesota. <laughs> a lot out of that Panthers. I mean, he's he's a better. He's too good of a DC. Yeah, he is. Let's see. He, yeah, defensive coordinator for Carolina in 2017. Um, then head coach in Arizona, Cleveland in 2019 as their DC. That's right. He was the escape goat in the Josh Rosen era in Arizona. That's right. Yes. Yep. Yep. He sure was. So, um, yeah. Sixth and third in passing defense too with Arizona and Cleveland. So he's he's good. He got a lot out of that Carolina team, had them in playoff contention after a terrible start um under Matt Rule and you know uh got an interview, but I don't blame him for going elsewhere. Uh Frank Reich will come in and you know I don't I don't know what to make of Frank Reich is a head coach. He put together some successful seasons, obviously was great with Philly. Um, you know, I don't know if you put the failures in Indianapolis on him or on Chris Ballard um, for not giving stability at the quarter at the most important position in the game, but that was kind of the downfall there. Yeah, I agree. So, we'll see, because he also doesn't have stability in Carolina at the most important position in the game. Maybe it'll make Sam Darnold look like a Hall of Famer. No, nobody jumping on that. No, no, nope, no, not at all. Okay, great. Uh, we are thirty-five minutes into recording. Let's put um hour or forty-five minutes on the clock. Well, let's put an hour on the clock. Let's put an hour on the clock. Let's put 15 minutes on the clock and see if we can do it in an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> One line run off. <laughs> okay. We're going to put an hour on the clock. So 948 local time. And we're going to start round robbing through some dynasty. Uh, we're going to do some call-its on dynasty tradeaways and acquires, buys and sells. You call it. Yeah, but... <laughs>
I felt like I could just use a drop for a lot of things. That's such an eighty. That's such an eighties uh, drop production. Oh, I forgot about that. Done. All right. Um, who wants to start? I can start if you guys need a moment to look stuff up. I can go first. Okay, go ahead. I am buying Rashad Bateman. Surprisingly, Bateman. As I said, you know, like Lamar Jackson needed a wide receiver. Bateman got injured early. There's, I mean, he was elite prospect going in the 2021 draft. Like we're all, we're all over him. He was a first round pick. Ludwig did at Purdue. He was, what was he? 26 overall. He was a 26 overall pick. He had the boom bust. And then the injuries is what kind of like led him into falling off that hill. So like a lot of people kind of like, oh shit, like, here we are in a year two, and he still isn't healthy. He's like, you know, is this going to be the type of player we're going to get now going into year three, or could we see that boost? So I see a lot of people proceeding with caution, almost trying to willing to get rid of him. So I'd even look at him as like a white, like you could look at him like a lot of people probably draft him as a wide receiver two as hopes. And now he's probably looking at wide receiver three, wide receiver four. So I think just the value right there alone, you could buy that value. So right now, KTC. Uh, keep trade cut. This is kind of like, you know, for those of you who are unaware of what KTC is, it's kind of like a, I guess, a crowdsource. Um, it generated dynasty rankings where if you go to the website, it asks you to rank three players in the words of keep trade cut. Um, it's a reactionary site. Don't use this verbatim, but it's really good to see what your reactions are, you know, in a good and a positive, you know, in a positive and a bad way to kind of see where you can kind of find value. Bateman is on this is wide receiver 33. So mid tier wide receiver, almost a wide receiver four, you know, back in wide receiver three, uh, pretty much where Ryan lined him up at. So, yeah, the thing with Bateman that you want to do as well is you want to try to get in on that before the Ravens start announcing the offensive coach and staff, Jackson extensions, things like that. Um, you want to assume that they're, you know, you assume that they're going to do right. Um, get in on it before all of that happens and people start building the narrative around that, that Bateman's going to take off because that's going to drive the price up on him. Um, it's a guy that has been hurt, but we saw this with Keenan Allen early in his career too. Um, that, you know, we know that players can certainly come around from this. And the fact is, is he's, he's uber talented. He was, you know, semi-productive when he was on the field, didn't get a ton of targets in the Greg Roman offense. And, you know, you hope that that turns around for him. I like the call. Um, there's a couple other guys we're going to talk about that are kind of in that, in that same vein, but it's a, it's a high upside player that hasn't really been able to stay on the field and had things working against him that weren't necessarily him. I love that. I love the comparison to Keenan Allen because it, it brought me up to like a memory of like when I had drafted a, uh what was it, Giovanni Bernard that same year that Keenan Allen was out? Mm-hmm. And then, I, like, the following year, I traded for Keenan Allen, and I got multiple picks and Keenan Allen with it. Just gave away Giovanni Bernard. And look where Keenan Allen is now. Look where Giovanni Bernard is now. So, yeah, yeah I feel like I, I won that one for sure. So, this is, like, the this is nice, like, win now, buying the cheap one you can because you kind of get, a, like, a nice – it doesn't cost you much of anything. That's what I like about it. He's pretty much worth about a 23-second – Right. Like, and I think a lot of us would give out. I mean, and that's the thing, though, is I think there's owner, I think there's people out there that have on their rosters that 
may take a 23 second. I would wait to make those moves as you get closer to your rookie draft. But as Hopper pointed out, like there isn't a bump from the OC hire. There isn't the bump from the, you know, the Mar Jackson extension. If that comes through. Um, so there is a lot of, you know, benefit to making a move for him right now when he's being valued as a back and wide receiver three, when you know, just go back to the Miami game and he housed that slant call. Like he's got oh, speed, yeah. he's got legs, and this offense, if it opens up the way that it should, whoever the new OC is, like you Bateman could be worth a first round pick halfway through the season. I mean, he, he could be a first round pick after mm-hmm. these hirings are made, and even if Baltimore takes a wide receiver early this year in the draft. Indeed. Um, Danny, you want to go next? You want me to just throw one out? Sure, I'll go. Okay. I got the guy right behind him on KTC. Calvin Ridley. My receiver 34. Jacksonville obviously coming off of his one-year suspension for gambling positively on himself and on his team. Um, Jacksonville's offense is going to be a happy buy. Ridley is being called out as a buy. It's right now most articles you see. Most people, when they're throwing out their buy content on Twitter or whatever site that they use to post their social media stuff, it's generally involves, you know, Calvin Ridley. The deal to get him, I think, was pretty favorably for Jacksonville. They didn't have to give up a lot. And we are starting to see the makings of this offense come together. I don't think Ridley's a one, but he they got one damn good production. Yeah. 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 They got Spread damn good around. production from Zay Jones. From Marvin Jones, I think Evan Ingram is going to come back because I don't see why why he wants to go anywhere else. He wants to come back. He, yeah. he should. And, he should. and They'll who's spread also it around. Who's also buy high too. But Calvin Ridley right now being valued as a back in wide receiver three. I, I I again I don't see him as a one, but to get him for pretty much a mid second to late second, he is going to be a name. And and the longer he's He's out there. Just the more value he's going to gain because I don't think Jacksonville is going to spend money on on the wide receiver room this year. They just dropped that much last year. They're also did did they also have the third lowest um salary cap entry in this offseason. They're at negative twenty eight million, so they have to shed contracts, and that's not going to mean bringing in a wide receiver in a trade again or sign one of the free agents. Yep. Yeah, but let's remember last year that uh, was it the Saints that had like what minus sixty million, and they cleared out a lot of space and they were trying to they were in the these guys are fucking wizards with their money absolutely yeah so like to me I just look at I don't I didn't look at the added anymore I just look at team fits like you know can they they'll they'll make it fit somehow and then the fact that they went all in on this wide receiver room this past year I I don't see them adding any big names this no year. they don't need anyone no, no not at the wide receiver room I think no. that you know they focus maybe in. More you on know, defense, potentially, and yeah, on defense and really pass rush and secondary, they're fine yeah. in the trenches. Yeah, I think they'll add some depth to that room. I think they'll add some depth on the O line for sure, and maybe add some guys behind ETN, which they probably should do. Yeah. Um, I just don't see wide receiver as a need, and that speaks volumes to Ridley as a buy. Yep. All right, we're gonna keep it on the buy train, uh, and the wide receivers. Uh, and really the younger wide receivers. I'm going to look at Michael Pittman as a buy. Um, Year-over-year regression. Uh, He saw a drop in receiving guards, but he did have more targets. He had a drop in yards per reception, uh, touchdowns, yards per game. Every category across it, he was down. 
how they're but that came on more opportunity share. He had a huge change in how he was utilized with the Zadot dropped off. Uh, so negative change, huge shift in yards before and yards after contact, which what that tells me is that um, they're using him shallower. They're using him a lot shallower than they had in years past, not using him downfield nearly quite the same at a higher volume. QB change, scheme change. Um, I think that can help them find a bit more success in year four um, after regressing in year three. And it's another one that right now is probably, it's got a little bit more risk, I think, than than Bateman, maybe. Maybe not, maybe not more risk, maybe not quite the upside as Bateman has. But it's the same type of scenario where, you know, you want to do this before you figure out what the Colts are doing at QB, before you figure out what they're doing at, you know, head coach and, and OC and what the infrastructure is going to look like around him. And people start building a, a buy narrative there, unless the Colts totally screw this up, which they could. But, you know, right now, I don't think through the course of the offseason or anything, you're going to get a much better deal on Pittman. And there are a lot of things that regressed across the board. And there was an obvious reason for it. And it was the way that he was utilized with Matt Ryan under center. He was fantastic last year in his one on one spots, right? Yeah. He ran a lot yeah, of routes great. last year. You know, playerprofiler.com, they they started this this past offseason where they talked about routes one, you know, if you know you know, zone versus man. Number one. Pittman, number one for Pittman, top three in routes win rate, which is fan, with that type of volume. Nine versus got, man, top twenty four. Yeah. He and he was this good last year. This is mm-hmm. a topper mentioned product of how it was used. He was used. The the massive inconsistencies at quarterback, the QB changes, the head coach changes. It, it's, I agree. He's going to be another buy for this offseason. You know, he's going to be cheaper than last year. He sits at wide receiver twenty four in KTC, so he's being valued as a low end wide receiver two high three. Um, he's going to be you know like up the Batemans of the world. He's going to get overlooked because the offense is in question. Right 100 now. yard receiver if his yard if his yards per reception jumps yeah. back to his career number with the target volume he was getting yeah 25.6 you know target share is very respectable mm-hmm. and and it, if Indy somehow figures out it's this whole QB situation you know better day should be ahead uh, yeah. for Pittman. Ryan, anything on Pittman? No, I like him too. I also like Alec Pierce, though. Looking at him also as like another cheap buy. Just that, that, just that offense in general is something I'm almost intrigued by, just because we don't, we know that Matt Ryan's not the answer. We know that something else is going to change on it. So we almost want it's just like it's just like Baltimore receivers. You don't know what's going to happen there. So it's like it's now's the opportunity to try to buy low on these players when you want to get them. So I mm-hmm. actually like, like all the receiver core in uh. Well, not all the receiver core, but Pittman and Alec Pierce for the receiver core in the Indianapolis Colts as buys. There's also one thing to know, too. I don't know if Hopper, if you've seen it as being the Bears fan, but I, I mean, obviously, rumors, you know, Colts want to move up, you know, to the Bears 101. Pittman and a lot of mock trade. trade would be awesome. I, I see a, piece a lot of Pittman need. involved. Yeah. If Pittman's involved in that trade, that would be a fantastic fit, I think, for both sides because the Colts need to solidify the QB position. They have some other receiving weapons, and the Bears really need 
somebody that Justin Fields can rely on. We know that Mooney and Claypool both have explosiveness. He doesn't really have that go-to type of you know receiver on third downs or high target volume type of guy that he can utilize. It's something that's missing in that offense, and I think that Pittman absolutely fits that role. Yeah, I. Uh, it's interesting to see because Pittman's. I mean, again, we saw with AJ Brown. And, you know, with Marquise Brown, these hired name guys, you know, they're getting moved on before the end of their rookie contract as teams are figuring out whether or not it's worth investing mm-hmm. if their team isn't being lined up properly. Now, Pitt, he could be a guy that gets moved on from as the Colts, you know, enter in a rebuild. The only thing so, that will do to throw water on that is that that's not, Pittman is not the type of receiver that, Pace he's not yeah has been yeah. targeting over the last couple of years well and they just you know you know gave a high draft pick to chase claypool not obviously the same type of player but mm-hmm. you know of of size and and what their roles could be in that offense could be you know, f- you know fairly similar yeah which is why pittsburgh took the uh trade because they knew the bears had a higher pick than the, than the packers would <laughs> that's yeah. That's I saw I still love how Claypool announced his replacement. That that nothing nothing beats that moment of Claypool announcing Pickens. Uh, Pickens to Pittsburgh. Oh my god. What a fucking troll move. That's great. <laughs> Ryan, you're up. Oh boy. I'm gonna go with another wide receiver on this one. I'm going Jerry Judy as a buy still. I was huge on him a couple of years ago. I he, I had him as my wide receiver one. He didn't really like hit hard last year, like you know, like that we were expecting to, because he was the most pro ready wide receivers rookie year. But then, like he kind of he took this step this year, even though with the Broncos offense being as horrible as it was, he showed more as the wide receiver one for the Broncos over Cortland Sutton. So I feel like him and Cortland Sutton might be both the same, like you know. But I feel like this is going to be more of the hand where. Uh, Jerry Judy takes that next step forward to be the wide receiver one for the Broncos this year. I mean, he should. I mean, I think that's how it's going to be lined up. I just, I wondered. I could see him getting moved on too. I mean, they gave money to Judy? both Son and Pick and Patrick. I mean, it's the way that his contract lines up and if, if if it really blows up in Denver's you know face with Wilson and they're tied to that type of contract i don't know if i mean it depends i guess it depends on their outs on Patrick and Sutton but that was always interesting to me that they both that they resigned both Sutton and Patrick but yeah. like uh and Patrick was the missing piece all year too because of the injury early on but Judy was more like a back end wide receiver one at like the second half of the season this year so it's like, does that carry over? And they look to move on from Sutton they and can go get to more on, towards Judy. They can get out on Patrick in this offseason. Okay. And it was only uh he's only signed through 24, Patrick is. I don't really disagree. I'm not really disagreeing with you. Right? I'm just kind of pointing out that it's no, I I'm, I'm it. cautiously I'm I'm nervous but, about about Denver's playmakers just given just Sorry. Well, that's why we have our own our own version of buy ourselves. Like you know, like yeah. I'm really be more like risk averse. I'm really gonna take that risk like of what I see. Like I I go based on what I see on the field. And if I see more of a and I think I'm he's properly, on the field, and then you look at the rankings, properly priced too. Yeah, he's like 
He's a back. He's a, he's a, 20, a top twenty four wide receiver right now. If you look at probably yeah, he's ranked, ranked he's ranked around twenty three. Yeah, he's yeah he's at the back end, where, which I think is where he should be. And I think so that's, buy, I can see that. If I'm buying that, and I think I can get a white, you know, a wide receiver twelve at worst out of that deal, to me that's a win. Yeah, and that's what and that that's what I'm willing to buy. So and he still have, carries name cache too. They have outs on both guys after next year. Okay, so it lines. I want. I guess it lines up perfectly for them. Then if they're gonna, it's if they don't resign them this off season, seven, I don't think they will though. Seven million in dead cap, um, for Sutton, which would be a twenty some odd million dollar cap savings. So I'm pretty certain they do that one, and on Patrick, it's two million in dead cap, which would also be a, uh. Yeah, twenty some odd million dollar cap savings. This is what's fun. Am I doing that right? Sounds right. Yeah, I'm doing that right. Ten million cap savings for Patrick. Either way, good cap savings on both guys. They can get out of. They want to keep Judy. I like the call. Um, I've always been a little tepid on on judy especially with the offense goes but I forget what game it was where he just ended up absolutely pissed off and tore everything up and that shows the upside that's there if you can get him playing with a little bit of that fire with a little bit of regularity the final week of the year he went off yep you know second or third posts and the key i mean it's since it's since since Hackett got replaced, it's that offense obviously started took to off. click. Yeah, started <laughs> to click a bit more, right? Yep. So, I get it. Yeah, I'm there. I, I don't I disagree with you, Ryan. Good, good go for the last five weeks is the three touchdown game I was talking about against KC. Yeah. Oh yes. All right. We're gonna stop with all these buys. Positivity I'm buys. Right with you. We're gonna we're gonna poo poo in some plates here. I think this is gonna be a controversial one. We're gonna stick with Denver. We're gonna go with a sell. We're gonna go with Javonta Williams. I'm with you. Uh nope. I'm with you on that too. Okay. Well I guess it's not controversial at least for the show. Look here, I like it's Williams. A- I do. I absolutely I, I'm a I'm a big fan of him. What scares me the most is his injury is Dobbins esque Dobbins Smith right around 13 months or so. Uh, Dobbins injury was at the end of the preseason, right? So he, he came back with in week three, he was ineffective for the four weeks that he played and then got hurt was out again until middle part, late middle part of the season. If we're looking at the same type of injury timeline for Williams, that puts him back, got injured in week four this year, that puts him back about week eight ish. So you're looking at him likely started the season on the pup list week 13. Or fourteen before he might be back to himself. Andy's a bigger back, and and we've seen this countless times. It's, it's talked about with these ACL type of injuries where players in their first year back tend to favor the opposite leg that they hurt, and you start to see strains and pulls because they put too much stress on the opposite leg. Dobbins is the same thing that happened to him. It happened to Delvin Cook. It, it's. It, it, I'm not saying it's going to happen, and it's it, it's not a guarantee. The, 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 the other thing to note here is that is his third year, his final year, when he'll be finally fully healthy to play a full season, maybe, maybe, and and, and that's if there's no re-injury, and, and and it's again, that's if Denver doesn't decide to bring in another guy to go alongside him, and 
they did last year, right? They brought Gordon back because they weren't confident enough in, you know, probably his receiving work, I'd imagine. So you got capped upside there too. And right now he's being valued right around, you know, the RB8. You know, the running backs in Dynasty, the rankings are, are really in flux, right? You know, with Brees Hall getting hurt, with Javante getting hurt and not really able to show out with, you know, some of these younger guys, especially from the 2020 class and the 21 class, you know, you know minus ETN Harris taking a step back. It, it's, uh, it throws a lot of this in whack. Williams just, he's going to end up probably being a buy at the end of next year. But right now, if you can capitalize on an RB1 value for him, I think you should. And maybe yeah. it's not a one for one trades, you know, pick swap, but an upgrade with them. You know, find a team that is looking to get younger or or with their leap back, you're looking to get a a move off for it to see if you can capitalize on a winning season for this year. Williams is not going to help you next year. By the time he could help you, 95% of your season is done. Potentially. And this is as of January 26, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case if there's positive um, news and it starts to see if he doesn't end up on the pub list, that's good news. But yeah, that still puts him back you know, mid-season at best. Indeed. Ryan, anything to add there? No, we're good. Okay. Uh, I'm going with another cell. We're going to poop him on some platters. I'm going to... Hey, y'all want the wide receiver, the running back, or the tight end on this one? Let's put tight end. George Kittle. Ooh, you stole mine. Spicy. I'm going back. Now I got to go search for someone else. One of one of my favorites, which is no secret at all. I love George Kittle. I think George Kittle is a fantastic football player. He's 29. What the Jesus. He's 29. Um, that means nothing in tight end years. Well, he's that old. I thought yeah. he was a little younger. He's still productive, but they come with a premium, so he's going to catch a return there. We saw a drop in targets despite more games, poor utilization early. Um, when Trey Lance is on the field, he had a drop off in receptions and receiving yards. It was really just down across the board, um, while also crossing the thirty line. Um, his yards before catch were down. Yak didn't really jump up. Um, you've got questions around the quarterback situation. If it is Trey Lance, um, then you could see his blocking skill set utilized a lot more. Um, you know, it's not, this is not a take for everyone that should be applied across the board. It is a take if you're a, a fringe team that's trying to take the next step up or the next step to get some, pull some draft capital or whatever. George Kittle is a guy that I think you can move with some of the drop-off and inconsistency that you saw this year. Um, you know, when he took off is when Jimmy Garoppolo took back over. So we know Jimmy Garoppolo isn't, isn't the future there despite being a decent backup and that George Kittle is a very, very usable and very, very good NFL piece in a lot of ways. He's a great tight end, but for fantasy, there's a certain amount of risk there with him regressing back to just, you know, you know, really towards a, a mid tier, tight end where there always seems to be somebody that jumps out that can give you similar productivity every season. It was, you know, kind of an Evan Ingram thing this year that that happened to, but there's always someone, which to me puts Kittle closer to replacement level than he has been in the past. 
but he's still seen as having the upside as an elite tier tight tight end where I think you could uh you know cash in on that and you know you might miss a couple of years of high end productivity from him sure but you're cashing in when the value is still there with some signs of of drop off and and really some of the drop off we saw this season from him being real I mean is it really high end production I mean he he had five more touchdowns in his career high this year. It was obviously touchdowns there. I mean, it was production fueled off for those touchdowns, especially back yeah. half with Brock Purdy, where he had this year it wasn't. It was seven touchdowns argument. in four games right at the end of the year. Like his run in the in the fantasy playoffs is going to bump up his numbers, right? Like when we that, and that's when you sell, up, right? Yeah, that's yeah. when you sell. And it really wasn't. You know, yeah, that's exactly it because the production really wasn't this year. You had the injury year in 2020. 21 was solid, and the two years before that were great. It wasn't elite production this year, but he still has a reputation. He is, actually like his his break his breakout year was 2018. Like we all loved him yeah. in 2018. And he's just been up and down since then. But like the year end stats is what like keeps him up there as like a top three, top five tight end. Because he has but insane it, upside. That's that's I mean yeah, we we know what his just, upside is is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's a weekly headache though. It's just like Jesus Christ, you know, like you can, he'll go multiple weeks for like well, you know, one, two, three points. The next thing you know you got thirty. He's a great blocker too. He's he is and, the best tight end in football. It's just he's on an offense that doesn't want to you know <laughs> feature he's not going to be used like travis kelsey he's not going to be used like darren waller or mark andrews where he is the guy and this is obviously post adam straight for waller that's not his role he's too valuable mm-hmm. and the niners offense is is predicated on not like, funneling anybody targets. No. absolutely he, he, that's why Debo gets fucking handoffs like it, it's it's offensive for it. yeah Hopper nailed it by saying he is the best blocker because he is the best blocking tight end that oh, is out there on that down. field. He's like no so matter what, good. And it's like mm-hmm. if we got points for blocking, like yeah, he'd be tight end one no matter what <laughs> because he's because he that's that's what he does best. He he's is the, the most best well blocker. Come on, sleeper, give us he, a points per block. Yeah, stat. you know, have points per block or something. Points per pancake. He is the <laughs> most well-rounded tight end in the game. Yes, no, and I totally agree that like on the field he is the best tight end, but in fantasy. It's a headache, and I hate it. I also think he's one of. I think he might be the best. Re- I, I think he still might be, like, in competition for best receiving tight end. He's just the offense just doesn't, doesn't want. Yeah, he just doesn't like, and they don't need him to because of of just how much you know, the value he provides in other you know facets of the game, especially mm-hmm. after the McCaffrey trade when you just added another high end piece. Good, you guys like that take, man. I loved it. Yes, not. not I won't sell him in tight end premium leagues. No, I would. Again, I still it's it's. If you get multiple twenty twenty three first, or like, you're I, not. He's not going to get. You won't get even that in a premium league. No, you won't get, you get twenty three. You, first? you might get a first, and you can get some, a first. I don't think you're and get some first. butter on top, but you're not going to get multiple. Uh, Cardinals are in a really weird spot too, right? Uh, Pitts hasn't yeah. hit yet. Uh, Kelsey's aging out. Like we don't know when that clip's going to come. Andrews if, also if, had if it down comes, here. You know, and there's question marks in Baltimore. If Lamar gets moved on from, what does that do to Andrews? Can have a whole new offense that may, he's in flux here. Hawkinson already got traded. It's a great move. It should bump up his dynasty value, but the, the Ingram's contract situation, yeah. huge year. But Titans are in a really weird fucking spot right now. Schultz it's, hitting free agency. Yeah. You know, 
it's being getting tagged it's not again. hitting is what's hurting the tight ends right now. Yep. Off in Dynasty for sure. All right, let's hit a beer review and then we'll continue this thing. Beer review. All right. Um, reverse order. Ryan, go ahead and start us off. So I had Roke Brewing Company out of Royal Oak, Michigan. I had their Batito Milkshake Style IPA. Very good. It's Spanish for milkshake. A Batito is a sweet drink made with whole fruit. Flavor of guava, mango, and pineapple blend with tropical aromas of citra, mosaic, amarillo, and galaxy hops. Hey, Dan, there was fruit in that milkshake IPA. Just like he said. I can't fuck with milkshakes anymore, man. It's just they're I used good. to love them. I used to love them. I think they're still good. I they're too sweet. I just can't drink a lot of them. I can no, have one I, for easily. I, I just I have no interest in it, overly adjunct or overly sweeted. Uh, it's very good. Beers. Yeah, I mean, sweet bombs. Yeah, you know how I am when it comes to tropical stuff. So it's like I'm all down for it. I mean, when I discovered milkshakes and the rise of milkshakes, I mean, it was fun. I had a blast. I used to bring them in all the time when I worked for Benny's. It's just. I mean, that's what I'm down to now. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's they, unfiltered, too. It's like, too it's all the they're always going to the be unfiltered. Yeah, they're always going to be unfiltered. There's too much fruit and hops added, and it's just the you way can't they, get it out. Yeah. No, that craft breweries do it. I mean, maybe you ran through a couple of filtrations. Maybe. Maybe one. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to because all that. You don't want to lose apps floating around and then that too. Keeps, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keeps the goodies there. You just let it settle to the bottom of the can. And that's why they tell you to roll it before you pour it. You roll it. Don't shake it. Yeah. You want it in suspension. Yep. All right. Um, I was drinking the something Hill stout. I'm not going to look it back up. The CH stout from life about brow brewery. Uh, they did a, a really good job with this. Sorry for those on audio. That probably sounded like that's just where I was getting in that. At. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> um, I yeah. saw what you meant. Those on YouTube saw me taking a swig and smelling it. Um, it. It's definitely got some coffee to it. It does have a little bit of acidity to it. Um, it's not sour by any means, but it's kind of bright for a stout, maybe a little bit. But I think that's more. Yeah. Anyway. Um, got some good coffee notes, some good chocolate no- chocolate notes. The lactose does keep it sweet, tones down the bitterness. It drinks really, really easy. It's five point one percent, not overly heavy, not overly not huge ABV, just really, really easy drinking. Um, lactose get just the right amount of sweetness to go with that that coffee and that chocolate. It's kind of like a kind of like a nice latte, but in beer form. So. Uh, they did pretty, pretty good with this. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot else to say. Uh, it's a good beer, and I got to get out to Redbud at some point. It's very, very solid. I don't, you know, not like yowie, wowie, great, but very, very solid example. Like it. All right. Again, I am drinking Kansas City Craft Brewers Brewing Company. This is their Red Lager. So what's really cool about this is not only does it list what the ingredients are, but it actually gives you the, the hop billing. So the first hop edition was put into this in an hour, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, and then they did a dry hop edition to finish. Um, red lagers are typically going to be malt four with a lighter body. 
um, you know, think of um, a box styled almost, right? So the the grains in this is, you know, your Munich and your Roma. Vienna is supposed to be reminiscence of those old world styles. Um, their tagline is not owned by Belgians yet. Um, it's a fairly solid addition. If you're out in the Midwest, especially in the KC area, I'd highly recommend picking at least maybe not this one up if you don't want to grow with the red lager, but picking up their beers. I've had a few when I've been out there. It's uh they do solid stuff. And I believe it's it's a collection of people. It's not just one person. Well, the second red lager I've ever heard of, too. Yeah. Or third. I'm not did you hear me that they that they do on the can they they announce their hop editions. So they do a one hour, thirty minute. A fifteen minute to then a dry hop edition, not really dry hop, but you know, no, that's cool. Edition. They put the hop schedule on there. Yeah. Uh, so for any of you that that see that, by the way, hold it right there. You're in focus. Oh, wow. Stop. Don't move. There you go. Doesn't tell you what they are because you can't give up the recipe. But for those oh, that don't, it's on there. Oh, it is. Oh, there you go. Nugget, Hallertau, oh, yeah, finishing hops or Centennial. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so for those that don't know how hop editions work. Um, if you ever see that on the side of a can, your 60 minute hops are going to be all bittering. You're going to get almost no aroma, no flavor off of that. It's going to be all bittering. As you work closer towards the 20 to 30 minute mark, your bittering is going to go down. The flavor that you get from those hops is going to go up with the max flavor coming, uh, between 20 and 30 minutes. Um, that's when you're going to get most of your flavor additions. You're still going to get a good amount of bitterness. Um, but start to pull a lot of that flavor out of them as you get below 15 that's when most of it's going to flow towards the aroma side of the beer so that's kind of how your hot schedule works when you see something like that the earlier so 60 minutes doesn't mean 60 minutes into the boil 60 minutes means you boiled for 60 minutes and you threw the hop in at the very beginning so it was in that beer for 60 minutes so there's 60 minutes of extraction going on there um, which is what leads to that bitterness coming out. So 60 minute edition, again, bittering, you get down to about 30, you're going to end up more in flavor type of additions. You get down to 15 and below, you're in aroma type of additions all the way up through dry hopped. The more you know. The more you know. We try to be educational sometimes. We do. So thanks for that, Dan. It was a pretty yeah. good bridge to being able to throw out a little bit about hop schedule in there. Ryan, back to you. I'm going with a sell, and it's going to be a, a surprising sell. I'm selling Kenneth Walker the third. Ooh, it's spicy. Just Early. because, yeah, just because he's ranked so high. And it's because more and more teams I look at are going to the running back split. I just don't see him being the bell cow there like for the Seahawks like next year going forward. I feel like they're going to pair him up with another back and try to do a 50-50 split and try to get a more pass catcher involved in this in this backfield because it seems like that's what the league's more transforming to. And like his pass catching ability, yeah, he has it, but he's not known for it. So I feel like it just feels like Seattle is going to bring someone else in there to kind of help offset this offense for him. And I feel like his value has peaked and now is the time to sell high on him. He's literally semi skinnier Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the a target game is what people will think about 
since that in that after the hate target game after bye week, you had five games with one target or less. Yeah, exactly. Like, I that, and that's it's exactly a spicy what I call. Like. It's uh, you know, he hit the sixty-five percent opportunity to share threshold, which I think is typically what you want to get from your your high end RB ones. Obviously, you would like to see more, but that's generally the baseline mark for it. I'll be interested. I it's it's an interesting. It's it's the uh it's the peak value, right? He was RB one in in you know for most of the post Brees Hall year, especially when he came back and dominated at the end of the season. And then and as we get you know closer into the return of Brees Hall and to see where Bijan lands, it's 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 an interesting it, it's, it's interesting. a spicy take. And I and I'm not doing it just to be like, oh my god, like you know, be that kind of guy, but I'm doing it just to try to sell it top value because I just don't I don't trust this offense. What would year. you be looking? It's where would you be looking? Like, would you move him for straight draft picks? Or are you are you looking to maybe you know it, move down to a different running back and add like a second rounder or add somebody else who's young that could maybe pop? Yeah, I mean, it depends on my team looks like. Like, say if I'm like in need of a wide receiver and I'm running back heavy, and Ken Walker's one of the players I can unload. Running, back I'd be willing heavy. to try. To, That's well, false. <laughs> no one's ever running back. No one's Sorry. running back heavy. Sorry, right? Yeah, you, you might be running back heavy in a given year. You're never running back heavy in the offseason. All right. Well, say this given Anyways, year. Right, uh, yeah. Say this given year, you're, you're heavy on running back. Ken Walker's one that you're willing to move on because you know you can get top value from because your other ones are kind of old. No one wants them. I'd be willing to look for first and additional type of players for him. Yeah. I'd be looking for yeah. that, uh, like a wide receiver too. I'll like, be interested. Would, I'll be. It's yeah. interesting because Pete Carroll is obviously still going to be there. He loves his running game, and exactly. you know, to Ryan's point, he's 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 showing some flashes as a pass catcher. I don't think that's going to be his role. No, I don't. Um, I don't see that as his role. I see his role as being the one-two back. But they're. I, I see them getting like more of a true third-down back, which they don't have in Travis Homer or anyone else there. So th- it, it, that's why it was all dumped on Walker. This might be a good year for pass catching backs, just given the pre-show conversation I had. What I've seen, yeah. There, there's a what lot your, of pass catching backs. What are your thoughts on this? On this hopper? This is a this is a, a spicy a spicy player to bring up. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I talked about him a little bit in. I think it was the Feelys episode and how close he was to Tyler Algier. And I think Walker is a an explosive player, but with limited pass catching upside, um, and the fact that they're potentially re-signing Geno Smith, I mean, it worked out fine this year. But you know, what does that do for your team's upside? I can see why you would want to do that. I don't know that I would personally do that because you've got okay saying that it's a Nick Chubb type of player with big upside between the tackles is saying that you got that's a, a top that's, eight that's, to 12 yeah. running back for multiple years. So unless I'm in a total rebuild situation and I don't think I'm going to compete in the next two to three years, I'm probably not making that move. It's spicy though. I like it. It's an alternative point of view. I'm, I, I totally respect that coming out here and I'm glad that it did. I love giving alternative point of views. I don't think that's a move I'm making. I think Walker is a very, very explosive player in the underlying metrics, and I think that you're going to see more of that is, you know, the game slows down and and he develops. And I do think the ability to become a little bit of a pass catcher is in there. It's 
the upside's there, right? I, I if I'm moving Walker, which I, I don't, I've been on the fence about it. It's, I never really ever hated Walker. I spoke against him in his what his value was coming out in the rookie season. That was again always based around Seattle and the offense. This was going, this was supposed to be the buy time for Walker, and he's already reached that spot just given the injury to Hall and 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 you know the uncertainty around around where JT you know could become after the you know after this bad year in Indy. Um I, I still would sell him and try to get, you know, Travis Etienne plus. But yeah. if I'm moving Walker, and I think you guys would agree, I got to get some premium in return. If I'm moving, you know, him for a receiver, I am aiming for a Jamar Chase. When you move running backs are extreme value, running backs that are coming into their second or second season where they still have two more years. He has three more years on his rookie deal. Like he's going to be a part of this team. I, I need a premium. Like, there's no way that I'm giving him up for just a first rounder or for some unknown. I don't know if you can get him for Bijan. I just that's where his hype is, and he might be a success hell even right now, just given his hype. I I know people love him, but Mike, like, you know, people are saying him. He's the 102. You know, there's right. people that are taking him over. You know, Justin Jefferson and startups. So and not, and not super flex leads. Like a first and T. Higgins or Yes. Yeah. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Would you take that? If I get mean, Kenneth Walker. For a first and T. Higgins, if you want to throw an Amon Ra, I, I there's that uh, yeah, I'm no, I, I, I I'm apologizing. Or, or yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, receiver. Yeah. yeah, I'm taking yeah, that yeah. because I'm getting a first round pick, which is the same type of lottery pick and a you know top fifty. Doesn't matter what receiver. first round pick you get. Like are you like saying like it doesn't have to be like a one through five or five through ten? It has to be at least mid, I think. I think you gotta at least be in the top four through know, seven range. In the four through I was gonna go four through eight, but yeah, somewhere in there. I can get on them. I can get on board with that. Like right. if if I had Ken Walker and you guys offer me that trade, I'd I would do that. I think you're gonna see a bunch. I should God, I should hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up DLF. And they like to uh, to give you recent trades on players. They do it I, every time I go there. Their site it's always behind a paywall. Well, I I, I pay for it. He pays so. for it. So I use their site. I use their site for a lot of things. It's I play in a lot of IDP leagues. So me and my independent searching of all this stuff on multiple tabs. I uh considered picking up a stat head subscription on pro football reference because I use it a lot in the rookie. It's I also like, oh. pay for that. So do you? Yeah. Well, when they moved it to a, uh, it paid it's subscription. Well, I use that for a lot of shit. I mean, it's, it's yes, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a powerful tool, especially those that want to go back and look at numbers. It's, it's a powerful tool to use. It's the best GUI based database logic on the internet. Why is this loading so slow? I don't know. It makes for real good radio, though. There you go. Very good radio. Best All right. Ever. Recent trades. We got Kenneth Walker for Jalen Waddle. Okay. That's it. Just straight up. Straight up. That's, that's not right. too like, Yeah, that's, that's not too okay. Bad. We got Kenneth Walker for Debo and a. 23 third round pick. Don't like that. I'd be, yeah, I'd be if he. Debo is real freaking close to being on my, to being on a sell list for me. 
It depends. Yeah, it, it all depends on how high you are in Debo. Like if you've just paid attention to the stats, or if you actually watch the game, you know you, what you see and what you actually get are two totally different things. All right. Uh, Walker for Austin Eckler, straight up. Okay. I guess if you're a win, if you're a win now, win now Austin game, Eckler, absolutely. Yeah. Where's Debo on this? Yeah. Wide receiver 18 ish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a one one for one. There's a big there's a big move. There's Walker for Zeke Schultz in a 24 second. That's god awful. That happened in, in December. There's a one on January 5th, so three weeks ago. Walker Higgins for a package of Zeke, McCaffrey, Adams, Hopkins, and a 23 fifth runner, which doesn't fucking matter. Not too inspiring. I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah. At least based on these on these, you know, trades with him involved. Obviously, there's only five, six listed trades here, so you're not getting a full range of it. But the most recent one on my birthday that they had was the Walker for Waddle. And I don't know if I'd make that trade up. I like I love Waddle, I like the situation, but that's a running backs are too important. I want more. If I'm going to sell, oh, yeah. wanna, I'm gonna back, sell yeah. a top three running back, I I gotta have more than just a wide receiver. Like, you, like it's not named Jefferson or Chase. Hey, You're Dan. selling gold, that, and that's what running backs are—just gold. Yeah. Hey Dan, you have a StatHead subscription, right? I do. I need you to look something up for my next take. <laughs> okay, I couldn't because I tried to and couldn't get all the way there. Let me. Uh, I got it pulled up. Whenever. All right, uh, we'll do mine. Yeah, do yours, and then I'll. So I'll this tell, is tell you what I want looked up as I talk about my guy. We brought him up earlier in the show. And I think it's one of the more talked about conversations right now about what to do with Brock Purdy. And it's and where you guys land on. I I I, I debate this. So KTC has Brock Purdy as a QB 18. And there's this is the most reactionary time. That is very high. He is ahead of, I believe he's he's still behind Trey Lance, who's now at the QB fourteen. They're, you know, four different tiers behind. They they value Lance higher. He's still behind Pickett, Goff, Cousins. He's ahead of, in their minds, Wilson, Mac Jones. You know, and your aging quarterbacks or your guys like Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Sell. So. I I want to say sell. It's it's it's. There's there's so many options you can go with this. You can make arguments for everything. Like you the, got him for nothing. You expected nothing. You've probably got two other quarterbacks that that you're fine with. If you're a competing team, if you're not a competing team, sell anyway because you can't take the risk. I mean, yeah. to me, it's it's a pretty no brained. He's not a buy. Yeah. I mean, we all no, can agree. He's definitely not a buy. He's either a sell or a hold. And quite honestly, I you know with the risk that's there with. Trey Lance with nothing being solidified, his value may never ever be this high again. This isn't a guy like Cooper Cup a year or two ago where he hits it and everybody's like sell, sell, sell. And like, nah, he can sustain this for a couple of years, right? I mean, this He's is also a second round and, pick, and you feel pretty good about it. Purdy's the last pick of the NFL draft, which I know doesn't mean everything, but your hit rate on quarterbacks outside of the first round, especially the last five to ten years, is so low. So low. Um, if, and you got him for nothing. 
like literally nothing. He either went undrafted, which he he, he would have everywhere. He drafts, yeah, damn near everywhere went undrafted, and you plucked him off of waivers, or was sitting on your taxi squad somewhere because you plucked him off of the street and he had no draft picks. If he wins them at Super Bowl, does that change anything? Do you think that changes anything? Not for his sell sell value goes even higher. There you go. You know, that's how I look at it as. But it doesn't change anything for for fantasy because I think Purdy's the I'm usually against looking at just ROI. Purdy is the exact type of player you look at return on investment and you're gonna get He's your day three running back. Yeah, you're gonna get get a really good return on investment for him. Especially with the, if they go to the Super Bowl, um, but it, nobody knows for sure that he's going to be handed the starting job next year. He's already got himself into a competition with it. I firmly believe that. But if you believe in the talent of Trey Lance, and we still do, you sell. I still think Purdy's upside is game manager plus, like Alex Smith type. You sell. You got him for nothing. You sell, even if he's productive the next couple of seasons. You're going to get plenty out of it. This is going to be a, a, an off-season discourse until we get more confirmed news. You know, if I, I know teams are calling about Trey Lance. I think almost every team should, um, just to see where they gauge his value at. I, Purdy won't be moved. He'll either, you know, play it behind or compete with Lance or he gets his he, chance he, as a starter next year if they decide to move on from Lance and Garoppolo. Because he, he's a cheap contract, too. You look at Purdy as a cheap contract. He was a six-round. So last pick. Yeah. He's round seven, and then like, 47. And you have to look at, like, Trey Lance. And you we have to move on from draft capital now because here we are in the third year. And the draft capital is kind of irrelevant now because now you're just paying the contract. It's like, all right, you know, do you he's keep got two him? years left on a rookie deal. That's where yeah. we're at. Do you keep them or do you move on from them? You know, or do you have a QB competition? That's like that's the real life NFL. You have to look at it. Like I'm not like from that's the NFL perspective, not the fantasy perspective of like how's this going to go into next year? Do you have a 50 50 competition going in the in the next year? How's it all pan out? Like if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, I mean that's the ultimate sell high. That's the the his peak value. He's not going to be any higher than that value. I mean, look at Nick Foles when he won with the Eagles. How high he was that year. And then he went to shit after that. Oh, Wentz was coming. I mean, Wentz was an MVP, you know, candidate. You know, a lot of people thought Wentz was the MVP by the time he got her. That's a different situation where it's the same thing in a way, though. Garoppolo is going to be moved on from and Trey Lance could be moved. Like they have to make a decision. They'll have one more year to look at him before they can make a decision on whether or not they want to extend him. I mean, and, Purdy should never took him this far, anyways. But his flaws did show during the Cowboys game. I mean, he, his flaws show everywhere. Just watch his film. He's a freaking game. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's a master coach. Yeah, is what it comes down to. But he's those winning with them too. Those and, almost and it, interceptions didn't happen. Yeah, and, and he. I mean, guy, the guy was obsessed with Mac Jones. I mean, I'm not saying that 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 Brock Purdy should be in the same vein as Mac Jones, but I mean, yeah, you know. He likes these type of quarterbacks. They can follow and do exactly what he wants them to do. I'm not. It's interesting because I agree with you guys. He's probably a sell, and I've seen people being able to move him for 23 seconds or 24 seconds. If you can, if you can get him, if you can offload him for a second round pick in a super flex league, which would be where it would happen. Would you guys make that deal? 
Mm. It had to be like a high second. <laughs> I, I would just a second rounder at this point. I mean, obviously we're gonna know. Uh, I was struggling like with Lance. I, Lance, I struggled because just the amount of capital that we all invested in. I'm like, not Lance. I'm, I'm talking about Purdy. Oh, Purdy. Oh, yeah. I take a second round pick for him in okay, a heartbeat. That's that's where I'm at. I was starting to think about Lance at the same time. I'm like, wait, I, like for Lance, I still want. I try right. to take like a back end first, because I just because you spent a high end first on him. I pulled up recent trades for Brock Purdy. I got, uh, I got one from six days ago. Okay. No, it's Jalen Warren. I thought I said Jalen Waddle. Oh God. <laughs> God damn it! I was about to get excited. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. A lot of second-round picks are involved with Purdy. I mean, they're always generally... It's not one-for-one deals, which I think is true. I don't think anyone that has to give you... Second-round pick is great. I'll take a second-round yeah. pick. Love it. it. It was like in our league when I picked up P.J. Walker. And then I instantly put him on the trade block. He cost me nothing, and I got a fourth-round pick for him. I mean, Walker something better already than shown that he was bad. I mean... Yeah. But just yeah. saying, just something's better than nothing because it's like you know why, why let it sit if you can get rid of it for much more better value than what it really is. That's right. That's exactly it. Boy, those that haven't sold them yet. They you better fucking hope that they that they beat the Eagles and you get two more extra weeks of yeah. being able to sell them. Yep. Moving into high end, for, you'd be moving to back end first at that rate. Exactly. That's the risk you take, right? Yeah, no risk. Especially no if he looks good. Especially if he looks a lot better against the Eagles than he did against the Cowboys. All right. Uh, because I teased it, Dan, I'm still gonna have you go ahead and do the stat head, but that's not the player I'm gonna talk about. But here's what I need you to pull for me. Okay. I need you to do a player season finder. Um, for the most seasons matching a certain criteria. Okay. And I need you to go from 2000 to for seasons 2000 to 2022. Okay. For running backs, greater than 15 rushing touchdowns. Running backs, statistical filter, rushing touchdowns, greater or equal to 15. When a greater or when a greater or equal, or just greater than 15? Greater or equal. Okay. Get results. That's all you need. Yeah. Anybody have more than one? Uh, Marshall Falk, Mike Anderson. Really? Ricky Williams, Clint Portis. There's there's been 39 running backs, including one that I I you the most recent one. Sorry, this goes in it does in order here. So are you going with Jamal Williams here? I'm I'm going with Jamal Williams. I wasn't it's not I'm gonna go with two, but I'm gonna make them both quick. So okay, yeah, Jamal Williams is is who I'm looking at as a sell. Sorry, Ryan, I know you just talked about him as a stash, but the fact is that players <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't talk about him as a stash. Yeah, the fact is is that players don't repeat 15, 17 touchdowns. Yeah, he had seventeen. Players don't repeat fifteen plus for the most part. Those are Hall of Famers. What was his production? Sorry, uh, as uh, two hundred some odd carries, I think eleven hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, two hundred sixty-two carries, thousand sixty-six. He had six one-yard touchdowns due to Jared Goff's pass catchers being 
tackled at the one yard line. Yep. He's still Garrett Blunt. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it well, and I look at Aaron Jones, his former teammate from a couple years back as well, whose value was, you know, peak after his 15 plus touchdown season and then never even came close again. And you look at, you know, year before Jamal Williams in Detroit. Yes, I know they're a lot better. Um, and I don't see how you look at that and say, and don't say, yep, this is the window that I need to get the most value that I can out of Jamal Williams, knowing that players just do not repeat that level of productivity. I'd be That's interested scary. to see what you could actually, what you could actually get for him. Well, don't you have it? I mean, I do have what I do. I do have what DLF gave stuff, which is going to be more of your your savvy owners. And I think yeah. I think what they list to us is that he's 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 better involved in a package deal. The only solo, I guess, the only single Jamal Williams trade that involves him is for Teddy in a twenty three fourth that was dated back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's just more or less involved in deals. And package deals, his sell window obviously should have been in season. Yep. Um, Ryan, you wanted to say something. I didn't mean to jump over you. You can go ahead, bud. I already forgot it. I'll, I'll think about <laughs> it again. So that was just supposed to be a quick hit thing because I teased it. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that one. That one's no, 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 no. That's to me. That's that's fine. Um, Mike Evans is is this is the last one we're gonna fit in the the time yes, frame. Yes, so we'll just be the last list one. some other people okay. off. We have them just rapid fire style. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, age 30 season is what he's entering. And the overall productivity has been good, but you're about to have a quarter, a lot of quarterback questions. They just lost a bunch of their line last year. So a steady drop off in yards per target since 2018, a drop in yards after catch each of the last three years as well. Um, there's some underlying things that have been consistently trending downhill from him. Uh, and the consistency hasn't necessarily been there the last couple of seasons either. Although he put up a quietly good overall year, um, there's some weeks where you just didn't feel great about it. And as you look at the downward trend, you know, productivity is a bell curve. And I think Mike Evans, especially the style he plays is, uh, starting to hit kind of a downward trend on that, on that bell curve. So I'm absolutely looking to, you know, now's the time pretty well to, to get out of that, especially with Brady potentially not back with the Bucks next year. Do you think he's a hall of famer? That's tough. Um, he set the record for, most consecutive thousand yard seasons. I think he's a Hall of Very Gooder. Yeah, I like that one. Hall of Very Gooder. He got a Super Bowl, which is a lot of people love to see. I think he is. I don't think he's a first ballad. He doesn't have. It's pretty compelling, right? He's it's, had every season over a thousand yards. He's got it, four <laughs> seasons of multiple touchdowns. He's got the Super Bowl ring. That's a big thing for a lot of people. I think the problem is, is that. No season has necessarily been like. Has he ever led the season in anything? Uh, I don't think so. Twenty. I thought it was like early in his career he did. So twenty. Well, look at this. So twenty eighteen and twenty sixteen would be the two possibilities, Dan. I will look guys. Uh, I think twenty sixteen. Pro Football Reference right. will list. So he never. Sorry, he never led the season. He never led the league in receiving yards or touchdowns in any year. Yeah. The twenty eighteen year, which would be his fifteen hundred year. With uh, with with your boy, was that with Gino and not Gino? I'm sorry. That was with James Winston. That was with and James. with Fitz, right? Yeah, that was Jameis. Let me look at uh, 
where he he landed at at that point. Um, receiving yards that year, he would have he was third. He was behind Julio and Hopkins. Oh and yeah, I remember that season. That now. And did it like his that season was massive. Like he did he he nearly caught him. He's 150 less than Julio Jones on 32 less targets. Mm-hmm. And then um. Yeah, the only other one that that might have been a possibility is he had thirteen hundred in twenty sixteen. Yeah, both of those weren't. That was also his his career year in targets. Yeah, he never. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he didn't lead that year either. I don't and know where it, he finished, but yeah, and I think that that's that's kind of the rub there is that you know, he's always been very very good, but he has never been the best. I mean, ten thousand receiving yards. I wonder how many players has done that in their careers. Has 10,000 receiving yards. Well, probably quite a few. And his career's not over, is the other thing. I mean, that's 229. Three to four years left to to add on to that. 15,000 is definitely in reach for him. Yeah. So, from a career perspective. So, I think it's going to be a, a compelling discussion. He's had a very, very good career, even to this point. But from a fantasy perspective, when we look at, you know, when we look at value, right? Yards per target since 2018, 11.0, 9.8, 9.2, 9.1, 8.9. So you're kind of in just a, it's subtle, but a subtle steady decline. Uh, yards per catch, uh, per recept- yards after catch per reception, 3.8, 3.5, um, 2.8. Yards before catch per reception, uh, that's actually gone up just a touch. But um, Yak is, is down 265, 259, 216. Um, so just, you know, some things that the explosiveness after the catch and, you know, downfield is maybe starting to fade just a little bit and it's very gradual for him. So it's another player that like you're trading with the knowledge that this is a bell curve and you're probably going to see another three to four productive seasons out of him after said trade. You also have a quarterback issue. Yeah. In Tampa. You That's don't know who the OC right is going to be, but you're you know you're probably trading him with a few more years worth of productivity. But the bet that you're making is that productivity is steadily going to decline, and I think that's a realistic expectation. Twenty three receivers have had over a thousand or had over ten thousand receiving yards. The only reason I bring that up is that you know uh, career numbers tend to be also a big bridge point for these, and most of these guys. I mean, it took To forever. To is you know f- you know. Fifth, To is seventh in total right now, and it took him forever to get into the Hall of Fame. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Who? No, Am I wrong? To? No. Okay. Okay. No. no, I thought he was. He got elected. I thought Did he, he got in last year, or yeah, or he was last ago. year or two years ago. He got in because that would be the big one to look at. Obviously, Moss was a first ballot. It's going to be. He didn't attend. They they intentionally kept Owens off the first ballot because the media didn't like him. He's in the um, Hall of Fame, though. Okay. Yeah, I th- I thought he was. He's a fifteen thousand receiving yard person. He also did it for a bunch of freaking years. To is twelve seven twelve. All right, yeah, it was twelve thousand. Right, I had the fucking round criteria. I had it from it your same one. Fifteen thousand, fifteen nine thirty. It was. I had the same thing set to <laughs> set to two thousand to twenty two. That that's that's not good. But yeah, no. Anyways, 
actually hold on every time you say to i gotta look at this um so <laughs> right now if evans retired right now he'd be pretty close to chad johnson and Chad career. Johnson's not in, if I'm not career productivity. Chad Johnson is not in. It's another one of those. Had five or six really, really good seasons, and that was it. So he he's not in, but he's got 11,000 career receiving yards, 67 touchdowns uh, currently. So this is kind of what I would consider my, Mike Evans to be close to currently. Um, who's it? 72, or no, looking at the wrong column. 81 touchdowns, 10,000 yards. So. Right now, so uh, 47 wide receivers have gone over 10,000 receiving yards in the history of the NFL. Right now, he's ranked uh, 42nd on that list. And obviously, add, add, Evans, 80, add 80 plus touchdowns into that criteria. Okay. He, he also would need to likely lead. I think he would need to leave Tampa Bay for him to... Uh, I think he can get fifteen thousand, and I think he can. You said eighty. Yeah, do eighty. Well, does he leave Tampa Bay too? Because I mean, could they be contract. in a rebuild right now? And they look dump at his it? contract. I mean, if Brady leaves, I think he's. I think he's a dump contract. Right now, Tampa Bay is thirty first in salary cap, negative fifty five million. They're at right now. Mike Evans. They got Godwin. They can dump Evans and not be out of one. Uh, his he's actually after 2023 a free agent. It's all void years after this. 21 million in dead cap to cut him this year, so probably not cutting him this year because they only saved no. two million. But it's all void years after that. But if Brady does leave, they're gonna be they're gonna be in contention for one of these you know fringe you know veteran QBs to bring in. Try to you know figure out like a Matt Ryan again, maybe. <laughs> They'll trade for Wentz or some. I don't know. Gross. But I th- I wanted to throw that out there. I thought it would be interesting to just given just how he's such. I, I think he's underrated for his career. Like the you know the first wide receiver to you know to start off his career with that many thousand yard seasons is uh it's extremely impressive. They got some guys in void years that'll come off the book, including thirty five million in Tom Brady. So. I mean, Brady's his contracts, you know, void years. I think he has to be. That's what I like, mean. That thirty yeah. million will come off that cap hit. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be, it'll be negative as twenty. As, <laughs> as soon as it voids, Levante Bedelevich six million in void years. Um, Akeem Hicks is four million. Jones is three million. William Golston's two million. So that's nine, fifteen. There's fifty million in void years sitting on that cap right now. Oh, so you're within 22 wide receivers have gone over 10,080 touchdowns. Evans, Evans, Evans is one of them at 16th on that list behind, oops, sorry, Ron, 20th on that list in yards. And obviously he's tied with Steve Smith at 81, which I expect that to rise. So he, he, he could be top 10 in that department. I would assume he can get the 90 touchdowns, maybe even get above Tim Brown. Which is the gap from touchdowns from you know Fitz at one twenty one and Tim Brown had a hundred, and he can get into that top seven range as a as a probably at the end of his career. Tim Brown, obviously a Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald will be. Yeah, he'll be a first ballot whenever he uh, whenever he's eligible. Yeah, 
should be a couple more a year. I think three more, a two more. Did he retire last year? Last year, right? Or this was, yeah. He's got a couple years. He's got three more years. No, he didn't play in twenty one. Never mind. So it's gonna be eligible in twenty twenty five. Five. Yeah. So right. All right. Are we done? We're done. Yeah. Got anybody else you want to rapid fire? We didn't get to talk about. Just say the name. Damian Pierce. I think he's this year's Michael Carter. I mean, I I mean day three running back that you want to sell. Yeah. I tell yeah. Algier, just throw him out there. I yep. got I got Metrie as a buy. Um I Gabe got Davis. Russell Wilson as a buy because they have to get that right. He is a buy. Yeah. Deshaun Watson. Brock Purdy. What's that? Deshaun Watson as a buy. It's, he's already valued as a top ten quarterback in Dynasty. He said like Deshaun him. Watson as a buy. Yeah. <laughs>